forgiveness has to happen at some point. And you can't keep being a victim and pointing your finger and stuff and saying, it's because you that I'm here. It's because you. It's like you will continue to stay there the more energy you use to point that finger rather than putting that in your feet and moving forward. I've just been that person acting like a victim for so daggum long. Welcome back to another episode of the No More Zero Days podcast. Today's guest is none other than one of my closest friends and current roommates, Martin Purcell. Martin grew up in Sylacauga, Alabama, where his family resides, and they own one of the most highly rated golf courses and resorts in the state of Alabama, Purcell Farms. Today's episode gets really deep, and I'm very proud of the bravery and transparency Martin shares in this episode and the amazing story that God is doing in his life through learning to let go of his past, forgive himself and others, and stepping into his true identity that God has for him as a man. So without further delay, episode 28 begins now. All right, I'm really excited about this episode, probably because we've already talked about it and I felt so bad as like a friend slash roommate of like sitting there and selfishly being like, dude, can we go record this podcast? (laughs) But it's also a compliment because I think what we're going to talk about today or even what you've shared, and I know there's probably going to be more just because us going back and forth is always an amazing conversation. I appreciate most about you. Is that is that we get really deep, but I know that everyone listening can resonate with this because um, it was even something I even talked about today or yesterday rather uh, once by the time this gets posted on the podcast. So excited to learn from you. So I'm just going to open it up generally and just say like you just came back from a trip. You've been gone from Nashville for the last week and a half. And just tell me about what God has been teaching you in your life this last week and a half. Um, well, I think it's, it's easy to start whenever, for the most part, I go back home and most of the time, I feel like it's a place of respite for me. Whenever we go, we're always doing like hunting, hunting's a new thing for me, picking up. It's, it's definitely something like I'm not comfortable doing and I do not feel confident at times doing. I've got a buddy named Hunter Brewer who is a first assistant down there, pretty much superintendent alongside Robert that takes care of the golf course at Purcell Farms. And, you know, we've got a lot of acreage and he's been hunting it over the past like few years, several years he's been there. And I've slowly picked up on this skill, but, you know, going down to the farm, I had a, I had an opening over, I guess the past like week and a half when I looked at my schedule, I was like, well, they didn't schedule me for the end of the week, which is why I stayed away for so long. But I had a wedding to attend to in Mobile, and so my girlfriend, um, she is a travel nurse up in Maine, and she is up there long distances, has been good, tough and good for us, um, and especially with it being so new, we've still just been trying to establish the relationship, but it's like we met, started dating for a little bit, and then it's just like, okay, bye. Like, So it's presented its challenges, but with it, she is... God's like really used her, and I say this in a healthy way because we are not from my last relationship that I was in. Like, I was so codependent upon her for my happiness and for my ability to like breathe. Granted, it was my first relationship, so pretty much take 23 year old Martin and put him as a 16 year old high school kid, like first in love, like deal. And there's just a lot of unhealthy things about it. So, I, I transitioned saying that because she's been leaning into me with stuff that's happened to me in past, I've always continued to pivot off it, continue to hold on to it. And she's just like called me out saying like, 
we're not there. We're not living in the past. We're moving forward. I'm looking forward. Like I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to us. Like I am looking ahead and you always bring up the past. And so with that, there's been a lot of traumatic stuff that had happened. And even I think in the old podcast that we recorded, like all I probably did was just harp on my past and lessons learned. And I was like, I'm just living in a well that is dried up. Resources are gone. Lessons have been learned. It's over. And I continue to go back to stuff that just doesn't exist because it's comfortable. I'm like, people will tell me there's no water in that well. And I'm like, well, it's a well. I'm just going to still go check, like, see if there's anything there. Like, nothing. And so she just continued to lean in because I'm not emotionally connecting with her. And some stuff, like, I'm having to work through, like, has caused me to have just emotional detachment from just life and relationships and things just because of. Uh, the things I think God has been trying to like purge out of me, but it just started with that this past weekend. And I was like, man, I was like, the issue isn't her, the issue's me. And so then, uh, it was even stirred to like, after those conversations that we had, because she had called me out initially on the way that I'd handle things with my mom and dad. Like I was just cold to them. They took us out that Saturday at the farm to go eat, meet them for the first time. And I was just like nitpicking my mom and my dad. And it just wasn't good. Like I was nitpicking to nitpick and calling them out and making fun and just being ungrateful for what they're doing. They bought us a really nice bottle of wine for dinner, served us to the top notch down at our restaurant, down at the um, farm. And then that next morning, my dad graciously got up and was just cooking breakfast as he always does. Like, cook beignets like my mom's over serving us and then i just start attacking her like when she's saying certain stuff about past i'm like "Mm," i'm just going after her and like digging at her in different ways and i know my mom and that's not like serving her well at all i'm not serving anyone except myself i'm protecting myself from things that don't exist and so that we get through that weekend and i'm rolling into monday and i'm supposed to go to knoxville for job training for a new job I just got on uh, with and those plans end up falling through and Tess and I were supposed to hang out for another day and I made her change her flight to go back early because I had to get there to get training and all this and then that falls and I'm just like "Mm," like I'm getting mad because I'm like my buddy I'm kind of like man just get your act together like why can't we get this happen like it's not in my control so I end up going back home stay with my bro Monday night my mom comes into town. I'm like, I need to apologize to her. Like, I need to sit her down because I've done it before and it's been a recurring theme. Sit her down at a bakery. We're getting coffee. And I just kind of open it up as we're talking about certain things. Like, I tell her, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I've been ungrateful to you. I was like, you overserved us. And I say that in a good way. Like, you only went above and beyond to love on me, to appreciate me being there, to you were excited to be welcomed in my world with having my girlfriend, which I'm extremely closed off about. And especially about this relationship, I haven't really shared with anyone that I'm like dating anyone. And I figured that would come, but more so this time I was like, no one needs to know about it. I don't care about to tell anybody about it, nor do I really want to. Um, and I was like, you've, you've, <laughs> you've just put up with my antics. And I was like, I apologize for that. Um, and, I do want this relationship. I do want a relationship with you and dad. And 
we got into talking about me just hanging on to things of past ever since everything kind of blew up, which again, my past was good because God just exposed me. He humbled me greatly and exposed me. And so I've really held on to things that I shouldn't have held on to, uh, things that were exposed. Uh, I thought I dealt with, but I actually used as ammo against other people, uh, to keep them away and to keep loved ones away. And, So I've done the same with my parents when I got into counseling back in the day, and I've just continued to use the things that I've I've seen about them that, yeah, they're not perfect and they never claim to be, but I've never, like, I've never forgiven them and moved on. It's been easy. I'm like, oh, it's in the past. Like, it must be because of this or it must be because of that. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's got something to do with that, but you also have personal responsibility. Like, if God gave you legs and you're not using your legs to walk, you can't blame someone else who just told you to like don't get up and move and it's like that's on you stand up move use your legs doesn't matter what anyone tells you move forward and i haven't done that and so i told her you know i've i've just not been who i needed to be lately and she pretty much called me out as i shared with you downstairs i was like my mom and dad were like i mean we we love the girl when i asked about what they thought about her they're like we love her but like and I know they said it in a loving way, but they're like, we don't know why she's with you. And it's just like, because you don't have your life together. You haven't committed to anything. Your dad is trying to figure out how do we um, succession plan, you know, with you and your brother. And, you know, I, my brother, he's a rock star and he's incredible at what he does. And I know that he'll be back at the farm and, you know, championing our calls and stuff down there. But he... Like they, they just haven't seen me commit to anything and they know that I'm not who I was. Uh, like I've lost the good things about me and I've just abdicated those things because I said, oh, life is meaningless. Like I told you before, and I've just let go of doing the things that God's blessed me with my talents, my skills, capabilities and abilities. And so to kind of start seeing myself get cracked even more so having that conversation with my mom, I was like, man, like I'm ungrateful. I'm ungrateful really that I have a girlfriend and I'm not like being thankful of what God's done with that. Um, haven't been really truly grateful for my parents and what they've sacrificed and done for me over the years, especially putting up with my antics big time. Um, and others that have tried to love me and push me forward. Like I've continued to push them away And so I was just like, hmm, like, I'm not, this is good, but this is hard. And so I continue to move throughout, like, spending time with my dad. And because my mom shared some stuff about my dad and where he's at in his head and the things that he's planning on doing, some of the reasons as to why he's doing what he's doing. And I was just like, well, I don't blame him. Like, I've been literally holding a finger of, like, guilt and just holding him guilty for things that he has no business caring like that's on me and i've just continued to guilt trip him over stuff he's like I, like what can i do to like stop that i mean as much as people would say nowadays and it like culturally right now it would rub them the wrong way but logic wise it makes sense it's like just because we're white like what can we do of past like are we gonna ever move on and start moving forward with stuff that's happened it's like 
things in the past suck, like if it went and it happened and it was bad, like, yes, we acknowledge and you have to acknowledge, go through the grieving process and all that. But like forgiveness has to happen at some point and you can't keep being a victim and pointing your finger and stuff and saying, it's because you that I'm here. It's because you, it's like, you will continue to stay there. The more energy you use to point that finger rather than putting that in your feet and moving forward. And so I've just been that person acting like a victim for so daggum long. And, um, and I got to play golf with my dad and just like, look at him from a completely different person. I was like, you're protecting yourself. You're protecting the thing that's most important to you. And that's your relationship with your wife. You're trying to retire. You're trying to, you know, be financially stable and successful for y'all to enjoy the rest of your life, but also to provide a livelihood for the family with the decisions you're making. And you're looking at my brother and I, more so me, who's always been complaining about why isn't this handed to me? Like, and I'm just sitting here waiting for opportunities and things to be handed to me. And someone has used the farm as a crutch because I haven't created any value for myself. And I think that's hard. A lot of people who are in successful family businesses, like I think they have like we've been given a certain right and a pr- or, and privilege due to our parents being successful and any parent will want to pass that off to their kid. But I think there's always challenges and hurdles for that next generation to learn, like, how do I create value for myself? Like my dad created this for us, but then how do I create value for my family? It's almost like enrich that investment. You can't just like take it and just like sit back and expect it to keep doing what it's doing. Um, and so with that ungrateful attitude, just being like, well, it's just gonna, it should be handed to me and it should be this and it should be that. And like, I really don't have to do like anything for it. Like, and I, I don't say all these things to self-deprecate because I think there's, there's, I think there's a big difference between being hateful and being honest. And that's like toward yourself. And I'm just being honest. Like it's, it's tough to sit there and then like finally expose myself to my dad on like Wednesday and say like, Hey man, like. I really love you and I really am grateful and appreciative of what you've done. And I can see you looking at my life right now and just being so skeptical because if I was an investment, I wouldn't invest in myself. Why would you? You're like, well, I mean, I knew the potential it had. It hadn't done anything in years and I have no clue when it's going to actually spike, nor do I see any patterns that's going to show like, Hey, this is going to be good for the future. Like, why would you want to invest in that? And that's just a harsh reality that I've continued to point away from myself because I've, I think somewhat protected myself with my family name, even coming up here to Nashville, I've used to pivot off it and people to look at what my dad's done for himself and to sit here and say, Oh yeah, like I've done that. And I was like, I've done nothing. Like I haven't done anything. Like I've, I've done great with relationships, but I'm not, I haven't been able to stamp my name on something that I've created, that I've built, that I've been like, yeah, like I've worked hard for this and I've done this. And, um, and that was very hard to swallow, but I was like, you know what? At least I can start apologizing to my dad and I can thank him and be grateful for what he's done thus far. And I can remind him and tell him as I am. And and you know, this Eric, like I'm passionate about the farm. I'm passionate about what we do. And I want that brand to be coast to coast and then take it across the pond. Um, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I believe it will be done. Um, And I've got to be able to create that value for myself by risking something and putting myself out there in the real world. So I just told him, I was like, dad, like, I know this is probably sounds like the same old, same old. And that's like, that really is fine. And I was like, I want you to protect the farm in any way that you believe is best. I said, but I know 
with where you want to be in a few years, like the only thing that I can do is just show up and just let you watch how my life changes. I said, because I'm in control of that. And if I show up in the little things, uh, hopefully you'll be able to look at, look at my life and look at me and be like, you know what? Like, I'm proud of that man. And I'm proud of what he's done. And I'm proud of how he's changed and turned his life around. Um, because I just haven't done anything like with it since God stripped everything in 2014 and allowed that to happen. So we, we even moved through the weekend, do an awesome event. And then a uh, story of Micah McKelvin happened with Vapor Sports Ministries. I got randomly invited to this event. I was not planning on going. And the idea of self-respect, like we were talking about down there, like I show up and I was given no information on what this event was. Um, but I start seeing people walk up. I'm in a thermal, a like light jean. I mean, I look total Nashville pretty much with a little bit of real farm boy, not fake farm boy um, in me. And I just look and I tell myself, I'm like, you can make the decision and the excuse in your head. Oh, you, you came from Nashville. You don't have anything. Just like walk in. You'll be fine. You'll be accepted. I mean, essentially you're a Purcell, like no one's going to care. But I was like, no, you need to walk back, go back, go find a shirt in your dad's closet, like find one that potentially fits, go put that daggum thing on and walk in with your chest high, like look a part of the event, like have some self-respect. And so I drove back, went up and I knew, and in my head, like these things scare me. Like to some people, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I think to those that have been knocked so low and to have to restart, it's like learning how to walk again. That's what I've, that's what I've been, God's been asking me to do for so long and I haven't been doing, like I just haven't been doing it. And just putting on a collared shirt and going to that event, like it elevated my just my self-esteem and just self-respect. I was like, look, Martin, like, see, you feel good about yourself. Like just you're, you're valuable. You are, you're, you're valuable because God says you're valuable. Um, and then with that, you're able to pass that on to other people because you need to see yourself the way that God sees you. But God also calls you, you know, to be respectful of other people as well. And that's a way to serve someone else, not just be laissez-faire and do what I want to do. I don't want to go back and change. I'm just going to show up to this guy's events, not my events, not my thing. Like he paid the money to put it on, show up. Um, he gave his personal testimony, just reminded me of his vision, told his story in such a new way. And I was sitting there, I was like, this guy really is a man of vision. This guy, like he's, he's been through so much, but what he kept saying was like, like, yeah, I was paralyzed and yeah, I could have, continue to point my finger at God, but I finally had to sit back and just take ownership of what God gave me. And he gave me a new vision for my life. And I was supposed to go glorify God with that vision that he gave me and be thankful and grateful for whatever God would give me, like moving forward. It's just a heart of gratitude, a posture of gratitude. And I, and again, it just hammered me. I was like, man, ungratefulness still. Like, I'm not, it's like these things, like God keeps tapping me on the shoulder. It's like the ghost of Christmas past walking me through. It's just like, hey, like, see, like you're, you're on to something, Martin. Like you're on to something. That's the Holy Spirit tapping me. I was like, wow. Um, and so from there, like being able to move uh, into church, I haven't been to church since March, honestly, a church building. I've shown up at our men's intensives at Christ Community here. But my effort has been so low at going to church because I'd either work on Friday, Saturday, I'm just 
deadbeat. My first day off is on a Sunday and I'm like, I just want to sleep. I don't want to do anything. And my life has been just riddled with bad habits starting off my day and go to church with my parents. Even when my dad asked, I was like, I don't really want to go to church. I felt this big push and it's just like, well, that means you probably should go Martin if this feels super uncomfortable. So I didn't know what it's the series is on anything. I'm going back to my hometown, Silicaga, so I always cringe. I'm like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to see. I don't want to see anyone. It's going to make me uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about Nashville. I don't know what to tell people, like especially now. And so it's like, ooh, how's Nashville? I'm like, well, honestly, like it is nothing because I've done nothing up here um, except exist and be and have some friends here and there that have accomplished a lot. Uh, and so P- Pastor Chris Hodges uh, ended up giving a series on uh, there's been a sermon series on James and James has continually come up in my life over the past three weeks with God getting in front of me. And it's just him tapping me again that like, Hey, there's something in this book that I need you to hear. I need you to listen. I need you to like invest in and, and meditate over. And Chris, like it was so hard to listen to because it was so true, but I've literally preached such a negative message over my life that Life is meaningless. You're never going to be able to get the girl of your dreams. You're never going to be able to get the job of your dreams. You're never going to be able to accomplish anything. Like your life is a waste. Your life is worthless and meaningless. Like don't give any effort, just like exist. And that's how I view God. Like now that message I viewed, like God made me to exist and that's it. Like do nothing. It's kind of like having that random toy in your room that's just sitting there. Like, oh yeah, it's a toy. I got a lot of toys, but it's just like, it's a toy. Like God doesn't view us like that. Like there is very much a lot of meaning and purpose as to why he created us. And if he took enough time to give us all different fingerprints and DNA, I think there's a reason as to why he wants us to be here on this earth. And he was just preaching of what's going in the well, coming up in the bucket, uh, preaching blessings over people's lives. And this isn't, you know, some Joel Osteen, like we're going to give you all the millions of dollars, just believe, name it and claim it. Like, no, everything channeled through Christ is a will be an absolute blessing from the Lord because that will bless Christ. If I'm doing stuff through Martin Purcell, then God will spend more time humbling me than he will be elevating me. And that's pretty much been my whole life because I've always had ego and pride issues. Um, but I haven't, I haven't bathed myself in the word. I haven't bathed a positive message over me nor allowed anyone else to. You know, when someone tries to love me, I've become so cold towards other people's love, affection, and affirmation because I'm like, I don't believe it. Like, yeah, cool, but what's to show for it? I've got nothing to show for this love you say that God has for me or this great job that I've been doing from other people. Like, I look at my life and it's a wreck. It's worthless. It's pointless. And it's just like, well, uh, yeah, because you've just still continued to sit there and not take ownership of where you're at. Allow my finances to get all in cahoots too. And, um, and so pretty much after this whole past week, and obviously you're still learning some new information, even sharing this, but like the summation of getting time after church yesterday, I've got a a life coach who I used to just rag and I used to make fun of life coaches. I'm like, y'all are a joke. You need to be a good friend. Good friends are life coaches. Like they offer a lot But now my life has gotten so overwhelmed because I can't do anything personally and professionally. Like, I'm just like, I don't know how to tackle this. Like, I've just stopped. I have stopped. 2020 has caused me to stop. And like, I finally had to be humble enough. And when I say humble, get humbled so much to say, I need help. 
and I'm going to go to the one thing that I've ragged the most, and that's a Enneagram life coach. Like one thing women love are Enneagrams and life coaches, I feel like is the same. And I, and so Danielle Smith has been helping with me just start to learn so much about myself and how to rewire my, my brain. Cause I allowed the negative things that were spoken over me in past to become realities. And, and that was very, very, very tough. Even like, like scaling over the messages you sent me, I was like, this makes sense. And it's tough to climb over that, especially when it gets right back in your face. And you're like, I don't want to face this because it hurts so much when it happened in the past. Like it, I like, I'm not strong enough to like face this. And so like, I just haven't like, I, I feel so like, I don't know. I feel so ashamed that I haven't use the gifts that God's given me simply because I have been so selfish with keeping them to myself and thinking that the world we would essentially be better without me. And I've been there before and that's not a fun place to be like at all. Um, and it's just a tough pill to swallow. I don't think people, I don't think people realize one, the pressure that, people such as myself go through being in a really successful family business, um, nor would they really be able to understand the problems and issues that they face. And when we try to work through them, they just look and think it's solved by money. And I was like, I've seen lots of people kill themselves because of money. I've seen lots of people kill other people because of money. Um, like in the news and stuff and other things that have hit close to home because of these said positions, but also like just the shame and guilt that you can carry to be like, how am I ever going to be as successful as my dad? Like, I don't know. Like, and when life hits you in the face, like, I don't know how to respond to it. Like, and just because I haven't had this experience that you've had, like I, it's been tough for me to like, just trust other people, whether God gave me the life he did or not. And if he made me the same way, I'd still have the same issues, but like, it's just, it's been tough to just grapple with the grips of like who I truly am. And I know that I'm not a failure and I know that I'm not like just a joke and a waste, but I have a lot, I have a lot to give this world and I've completely undervalued it because I've pretty much told God he isn't who he says he is. I'm not who he says I am. And so, you know what, I'm going to embrace this message and think that I'll create a better world without you all still while wearing the hello, my name is I'm a Christian. Like, no, like I just haven't been walking with the Lord and I've numbed myself pretty much with pleasure in many different ways to not address these issues um, that I've buried myself in. And it's tough. Like I'm, I am that guy that Gary V and all these other insane people just preach at. And I've been like, I pushed so hard against them. I never really thought of it, but like I've pushed so hard against even the name of your podcast inside. I'm just like, Oh, no more zero days. I don't like to hear that hustle thing. Cause ultimately I think it's going to ask too much of me. It's going to ask too much of me and ask more of me than I'm willing to give. And it's the same with these other guys. Like if channeled through the Lord and channeled through Christ, like, it can be a good thing. It can be a good thing to go make a ton of money. 
and to go do a lot for other people. It can be a good thing to, hey, Martin, why don't you go like actually try to be affectionate towards this girl or be like show that you actually care and want her um, and show that she's valued. Uh, why don't you try to act like you you're you're grateful for what you have? And I don't think that you can say you're grateful for anything if there isn't said application following suit. I can't say, hey, I'm I'm really thankful like for my truck. And then my truck is just beat up and dent up and just not taken care of. I can't say I'm grateful for a relationship that I don't tend to. I can't say I'm grateful for a house that I don't take care of. I can't say I'm grateful for a body that I don't take care of. I can't I can't say I'm I can't say I'm grateful for anything unless I tend to it. I could be wrong, but I sit here and think, I think that's a useful application. Martin, what are three things you're thankful for today? Oh, I'm thankful for being able to wake up. I'm thankful for being able to read. And I'm thankful for being able to go to a job. How are you thankful for your job? Well, you got to work and get paid. Like, why are you thankful for getting up? Well, because I'm healthy and I go to work out so that I can wake up like in a better spot, you know, and just these little things. And so like all in all, like I'm uh, the purpose of this podcast. And like I said, this popped up, but it's not to be another Gary V ask like hustle harder or do this or do that. I think it's just like, my name is Martin Purcell and I don't need to tell you nor want to tell you what I want to accomplish in life. Cause I don't think that's the purpose but I do want you to know that uh, if you ever cross my world in Nashville, Tennessee, or you ever come across those that I spend time with, like the only thing that can keep me accountable is you ask, is he who he says he is? If you come through and is he making a difference? What, who is this man? And my actions, if I'm grateful for this opportunity that God's given me to essentially take another shot at my life. Like I'm 29 going on 30. Like I don't want my thirties to be like my twenties. My twenties are awful, awful. It's like a, it's like a grenade that was made and they botched it. And it's just like exploded in ways that it shouldn't have. And it just looks gross. Like, and the scene and the shrapnel, like it's, it's just my twenties are bad. And I don't want my thirties to look like that. Like, my my life will be miserable here on earth if i if it stays the way that it stays and so um if anything hopefully like i said this is just a good account of what happens when you quit on life uh you become ungrateful you become very apathetic and you become emotionally disconnected from the things that you care about and Everyone can get there in a different way, but, you know, God's timing is perfect. Had he wanted me to see this earlier, he would, but I know that I used to view, and I'll wrap up here, but I used to view the things that I lost in past, I still haven't had because it's just not my time yet, which is partially true, but I believe God has protected the things that I've come in contact with from myself, because I have, I would not be a blessing nor a steward, uh, to help further his kingdom. I think I, 
could further the mission of his kingdom by ruining something and teaching them a lesson and, and being as, you know, a vessel of destruction rather than a vessel of blessing. Um, but I've not been the guy that I believe God uh, wants to use in a powerful way because I've not been walking with him and I've not taken ownership of the basic things he's entrusted to me. So why would I ever think he would have given me all the other things I wanted when I couldn't even, you know, take care of myself and just start with me? I haven't done it. And that's just the honest truth and reality. And again, my name is Martin Purcell. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I could just end the podcast right there because you just dropped 31 minutes of just knowledge bombs. But I I will affirm in you that i'm really proud of you for first coming on and saying all that on the podcast because if you're listening today you probably know martin but if you're one of our listeners that doesn't know martin i can tell you that everything he said about himself um about being prideful and being um <laughs> pr- proud of who true. he is is very true <laughs> but i i that's not a dig at you that's more a compliment of pure admiration for you being able to sit here and for 30 minutes just literally put your entire life out there for the world to hear and say man i've really messed up so i know that was like a really big deal and i don't want to just gloss over that i got close to crying (laughs) i did did. i got close to crying because it's just like man this is hard (laughs) yeah and so it's it was kind of crazy because today like in my study this morning i was reading about the parable of the talents which is in like matthew i think it's 23 or 25 but um, when we say, or when Jesus is talking about talents, it's not like actual, like your gifts the, the like the phrase talent is 20 years worth of a, um, labor. And it talks about how, um, in this parable, the, um, master or keeper of the house gives one of the servants two talents, uh, another person, four or five talents, and then the third person, one talent and both the two and five or two and four servant um, when the master leaves and then comes back and he, and they say, and he says, what have you done with your talents? Again, not talents as in like things you've done, but literally just all this, you know, resources. They say, Hey, well, we went and invested it and we, we risked it and we doubled it. And you know, the master says, well, you know, to whom little is given, you know, you did well with little. Now I'm going to trust you with a lot. But then the, the last servant who had one talent said, well, master, I was scared. I was going to screw it up and I was going to lose this one talent so 20 years worth of labor. So I just went and buried it. So here's your one talent back. And so this, again, this is Jesus talking in the parable. And he literally like the master almost like shames the servant. Like, why would you do that? That's not that I didn't give you because I wanted it exactly back. I wanted you to risk it. I wanted you to go and, and grow this. And so, you know, you're not going to be given any more responsibility. And so I just thought like, that's what I was thinking about this whole time while you were talking um, was just how excited I am knowing that you are about to step into an amazing version of yourself because you know you are about to risk all these things or or it feels like this is beyond just motivation but i, I feel like actually i don't know what i feel because I, I went downstairs to talk to you and you're undoing groceries and i was just like trying to small talk to catch up with you and then you just i was like whoa <laughs> like this is like life-changing for 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 you because yeah this is huge so i want to take a step back and i'm curious how do you feel like, so you did an amazing job of articulating all the f- things where you feel like you have opportunity to grow and, and all these things, but what was so unique about the what the last week and a half of your life that hadn't occurred every other 
some odd hundreds of weeks previously that all of a sudden opened your eyes because it feels like i feel like you just like saw a different version of yourself or something and like you're a completely different person sitting here and i don't know if it's through i don't want to put words in your mouth but if it's through your girlfriend because i know what a big deal that was for you to get into another relationship that then you were able to then yeah, extrapolate terrifying. that across other areas of your life was it her speaking to you was it seeds god had playing you just i'm curious like what what was so different about this week and a half that people listening that are maybe struggling with the same things can maybe learn from how you were able to open your eyes to this even i was talking with evan isbel one of the guys i discipled back in college and have had the blessing to essentially almost like re-disciple by him over uh the past few years like he sat there and i was sharing all these things that i've learned like again it's kind of almost like you just discovered something new that you've never seen and it's like almost becoming a believer you're like i don't know what all this stuff is but it's like i'm excited to get to see like what what's what i can become with you know this thing given to me and i i mean i think you think about it like i i think it truly started like i really do think the first like crack came is when i got turned down for trader joe's and i was literally talking about this to other people even to my jobs like yeah like i got it like it was a grocery store job i got it i'll probably be able to do something awesome flaunted all my quote-unquote experience and value like that i've done and um and i was like oh i'm knocking out this you know knocking out all this interview questions and stuff out of the park and then I was figuring like, hmm, can't wait to sign on, jump on, do something new, start something new. And God just pretty much was like, nope. And I'm like, what the heck? I was like, it's a grocery store job. Like, I don't even want to be at the job I'm at right now. And I got stuck. And so my mom, though, and I think, again, everything kind of compounds. But my mom, she shared with me early in the week, you know, I would have been in Knoxville. But God allowed us to sit down after I berated her for no good reason. Um, but he used that moment because my mom shared with me, even in that instance, and this is, again, that's that chink that God's like, he was setting me up for something this week. And she said, she's like, when I heard that you didn't get that job, she's like, I weeped and I sobbed. And I'm just like, you care enough to actually do that? Like, I was like, why? And she's like, because I know you. And she's like, for you to get turned down for that and I know who you are, like I can't imagine how much shame you felt. And I was just like, like it was tough. I wanted to just cry. Like, because I was like, where is my life going? Like I'm in a house, um, that I've got to take care of. I've got these dreams and these jobs and these financial things piling up. I'm like, what is going on, you know, with my life? Like can't even get a grocery store job. So I I think it's, it's not as much. I don't think it's as much doing the right thing. I think it's God always turns evil into good. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so I think God's able to do that from an isolated standpoint with someone who just wears themselves out in sin, like you can bring evil upon yourself, but God can allow so much if he truly does care about you to bring you to your end, to be able to be like, are you ready to go now? Like, can we start working on you? Like, will you open yourself up to me and what I think is good for you and what's best for you? And I think that was just a way of like, all right, God, like I really am out of answers. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And that's what kicked off after getting 
after getting shut down for that job, calling up the life coach and being like, I don't know what the heck's going on here. Like, I can't tell you. I don't, I need help. I need genuine help. I need to know who I am. I need to know why I operate the way that I operate. And I don't know any of that. Like I've adopted a very, very bizarre version of myself and have thrown out all the good things that God gave me from the start because I'm like, I'm meaningless. I'm nothing. Life is meaningless. Why even use any of this stuff if I can't ever see what God has for me? But I, like I said, refuse to start with myself. And so that that's all I can really say is I think it was just God allowing me to kind of come to the end of myself in many different ways. Like, are, are you sure you're out of pride? Are you sure you're out of ego? And I think I just got to this point <laughs> this time because, like I said, you know it. Like, I can I can get a lot of pride and ego real quick. Um, but I think I finally exhausted myself of it. <laughs> just like, I ain't got nothing. And I can honestly own that to everybody else. Not in a suit or like a faux humil like humility way. It's just like I literally got nothing. I can't put my name on anything except debt, and they're putting my name on that. Like that's all I got is just blown opportunities, debt because I'm trying to numb myself, bad habits because I'm trying to numb myself, and so I've just come to the end of myself. And I think that's how you can find it. <laughs> great things like this coming to the end of yourself. One of the things I know we talked about before we came up here and, and hit record on the podcast that I want to make sure that we touch on and you did briefly touch on it. Um, but I want to push you a little further, a little deeper and see what you've learned about this is this idea of, of learning that there are good things associated with risk and fear that you shared. And I don't want to put words in your mouth because you're about to talk, but just I'll say generally, what have you learned um, about yourself recently in this week and a half that you realized you needed to change in your approach about thinking through whether it be relationships, romantic or not, business, yourself, God, faith, about about risk and fear? Um, I, I've honestly forgotten what that is truth, truthfully. I, like, I wish I could have experience to draw upon. But like you said, I've become that man with the talent. Like I just jumped in my hidey hole and just like kept poking my head up waiting for him to come back and like come right out. Like, see, I, I did whatever you asked me here. And it's just like, you've literally missed the whole point. Like, and I would probably say with the risk and the fear, it has just been, um, I would, I, I just, I haven't, I don't know. Like, I guess I really don't know how to, how to answer it because I haven't done anything. And I've, I think, to think it's like a detox and honestly like i'm gonna need you to stay on me like legit and i was meaning to tell you this as well like i've got to cut my credit card up i i've gotta like if i have margin and it's not even margin it's it's false margin like then i'm gonna keep bad habits up um there's certain subscriptions that i have that need to end because i liked having them and the idea of having them rather than actually using them. Um, those things have to end. And then I have to end things that are good for later, but not good for now because it doesn't help me get out of said financial situation. Um, so I think I've learned not to 
not especially just not to focus on the massive thing at hand. Like I know the sun's out. I don't have to look at the sun to be like, Oh, like the sun's here. And I know the sun's here for me. Like I can see its reflection. So if I actually start doing what I'm supposed to do, then I should see that that end goal should be reflecting up in the sky that like, you know what? I'm in, I'm in the right spot and I'm going to start off with the small. Um, like I said, it, and I'm going to detox. It's going to be hard. I'm, I'm going to detox. I don't know how it's going to look. I really don't know how it's going to look, but from media per se, like I'm still keeping up the social media stuff, but making sure that I have set times that I'm doing anything with it, not letting it crowd my morning so I can have it for stretching quiet time and just setting me up for success for the day. Uh, and start with, like I said, making my bed small victories. You and I both know we both have battled injuries in different times and different things, but those small muscles support the big muscles. And if I don't have small muscles and I just keep thinking about the big muscles, then whenever the first bit of adversity or whatever comes my way, the muscle's going to get torn, blown, and good luck. Like it's the little reps, it's the little things. And I know I can win. I know I can win if I show up and keep compounding the little things, keep compounding little things in different ways and trust that if I put effort into like, Hey Martin, once a week, write a letter to somebody to exercise gratefulness, exercise. Don't, it doesn't matter. Write it to a roommate, write it to your mom and dad, send it to them, give effort. Give the effort to show grit, even if you don't feel the feeling, because I've been, I feel like emotionally despondent for so long about a depression for years. And I think it, it developed a negative mindset in my head to be able to figure out how to get out. But, um, you know, I've got to just implement little things to let the risk be able to grow greater and the fear to be eliminated. Because the fear is one. It's been the biggest door that I've been afraid to walk through. And so if I keep giving myself ammo, then I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable walking towards the thing that makes me afraid if I show up every day. Because I may not use all the bullets, but there's some day I'm going to need to use a lot. And if I've just been saving those bullets for the day that comes where it's like, today's going to be a tough day. Like You're going to need all those little things you've done to really compound right now. And then when that day does come, I'll be ready. And I may use all my bullets, but I'm still moving forward and I can keep collecting more and collecting more each and every step that God gives me and allows me to take. Um, and so I think that's how I will mitigate. I'll mitigate fear. Healthy fear is a wonderful thing. Not when people say, oh, I want to be fearless. It's like, well, God gave us fear for like a good reason. So like fear is a good thing, but like fearing God is the most important thing and not fearing the things of this earth. Cause it just, whether the earth kills us or not, it, it has no bearing on our standing with God. God just calls us to do his work and his mission. And so I still won't even be able to really find what he has for me. If I don't show up and face the things that God says, like, can't hurt me. Like, Shout out David Goggins. <laughs> that book was awesome too. <laughs> it's some unhealthy things in there, I feel like, but like for the most part, like that dude, he knows how to get it done big time. No, that's awesome. Because I, I, I shared with you earlier, like I read this quote today that like everything in life worth having is on the other side of fear. And at first I was kind of like, <laughs> or like, hmm, that's cool. 
But then like I actually kind of sat and reflected on it and thought about it more. And I was like, wow, that's kind of true. We let fear stand in the way of ourselves sometimes. Like we put our own fear, be it from ammo from the past that something didn't work out, be it from fear of the future, be it from fear of like, I know this is ultimately who I want to be or the person I want to be with, but like I'm actually now scared because now I'm confronted with, now I know I got to raise my level or raise this game because I was kind of just hopscotching my way through life. And then now all of a sudden, like the thing that I thought was never actually going to come though I want it is all of a sudden knocking at my front door and I'm not ready. And it's that fear that we have to learn to push through. And so I, uh, I guess the last thing I'll say on that, and then I'll ask you another question, but is just like the thing that I've been working on a lot, because you know, like I'm even going through some deep stuff right now, mm-hmm. um, is just learning to live life like on offense. Like I, I feel like part of living in that fearful mindset or living in your past is like thinking in a defensive mindset or thinking that, Oh, I need to just go run away from this thing or person that's now scared me um, because I'm scared to confront it and I'm just going to kind of ball up in a fetal position and I'm just going to sit and wait till it goes by or I'm going to sit and wait and take the beating and then kind of go back to life. But I kind of talked about it on the episode that was out yesterday, um, but just this idea that like God gives us, I, I've been really lamenting on and like praying over this idea of like putting on the full armor of God and that like in a combative militaristic standpoint, like you don't put on armor to go hide. You put on armor to go fight. And so it's like God gives us, is telling us, put on the armor because you're going to face battles and I want you to go into the battle. And more than that, I'm not just going to tell you to lay down or smack people across the face with, with a Bible. Like I'm giving you a sword, like a sword of the spirit. A sword is a part of the fault. Like draw the sword and go fight. Like you're not supposed to be defenseless and it's not like telling people to suck it. It's not like fighting is in like physically fighting. But like fight for yourself and and how do we fight as Christians? It's it's back to that piece that you've done an enormous job these past couple of weeks of reminding me of, of like, what has God promised you? Like, who has God told you to be? Like, what are these things of God? Like abide in those things. And to me, that's drawing the sword because otherwise I'm going to sit here and think about like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared because this person is going to hurt me or said this thing about me or mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next month or like, oh my gosh, da, 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 da. and it just goes on and on and on and it just compounds and then you just, you start living in this defensive mindset of I'm just running away from everything that scares me um, rather than like drawing the sword and fighting. So I guess that's the last thing I'll say about fear or something that I'm working through, not as like, hey, welcome to my TEDx talk. But like, <laughs> you, I mean, you've seen me extremely vulnerable the last two weeks. Like, I've yeah. been a very like, very low point in my life um over something that i'm battling through and um or a couple things rather but anyways so again i really appreciate you coming on the show i'm glad third third episode is a charm no one actually knows this is our third episode recording and i'm really excited how that all worked out because i know that what you're going through is going to resonate with people and not to pad you on the back of like oh martin you're so great because you are but just like that verse of like we are able to boast all the more in our weaknesses to give him glory. And and like when we are weak, he becomes strong and it's opening our eyes and helping other people along the way. You know, that was some, the biggest takeaway from my backpacking trip um, with Chad Wright was just this idea of like true mastery in life comes from teaching and discipling other people about something like, like God gives us these experiences to share and about where we have screwed up or what we are doing right to, to, to go all the more gladly with more people. It's not like 
haha, Martin, I have the answer to your problem and you're really upset, but it sucks for you. You'll figure it out one day. It's like, no, like jump in life with someone, help a brother out, help a sister out. And so that's kind of like the purpose of this podcast. So there is no shame. I'm excited that you have come to this moment in your life. And I'm saying all this out loud as a memento that we can go back and listen to this episode, whether it's a week from now or 10 years from now, that there is no shame in being like, wow, I wasted X amount of time and opportunities and relationships. It's like, as much as you and I are truly men by society standards, you know, like you're about to turn 30 next month, I'm turning 29 in two weeks, like we still are super young and there's still so much life in front of us. So like have back to that gratitude piece, have that gratitude of like, yes, I can look back and say, wow, I wasted these opportunities, but I still have, you know, even by like the average, you don't die in the U S by average standards until 75, you're not even halfway through your life. Like there's still so much you get to do with that. And there's, I know for a fact there's 50 and 60 year olds that still don't even haven't had this moment that you're sitting in front of me at 29. So just like Mm. have gratitude, man, Have, have grace, like abide in that. Like there is so much freedom in Jesus like you think about all these, the things like there is freedom in Jesus. Jesus doesn't like tell us like, oh, well, <clears throat> you know, you messed up like a little bit. Like, why don't you just go a little slow out of the gate? No, he says like, even in the verse, and I'm blanking on the actual passage, but you can look it up and, and it's God in the Old Testament talking. He's saying, even I, the one that has blotted out your sins for you, do not remember them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like powerful to remember those things and seek out like, what does God actually say about me? Because I think sometimes we especially us growing up in the South or growing up in, in air quotes in church, like we tend to get arrogant and think we know everything that's in the Bible or like in broad strokes, we know kind of the whole point. But when you actually look for those little things like you were talking about, it can open your way to the, the bigger lessons of life. And I think that that's, that's the key for 2020 is we assume a lot of things and we're like, ah, oh, well, this year just sucked. Like, let's just write it off and hope that we can start again in 2021. It's like, no, like there are lessons to be learned. Like there, God is putting seeds that he wants to grow in us, even in all this uncertainty. So I'm excited for you. Uh, last question I always ask every single guest as you've now heard for the third time um, is, you know, what advice, and I know you've really touched on it this whole episode, but I'll just ask you straight away, like, what advice would you give to someone that is struggling with that zero day mentality? And I'll make it more personal for you. You know, what advice would, would you now know sitting today on October 12th, 2020, that you would give to yourself on October 12th, 2019, knowing what you know now? Like, what, what would you speak to that person that's struggling with not being able to open up or open their eyes to, to, to whatever it is you want to struggle or they're struggling with rather? I'll just leave it pretty general to you. Make sure that you allow yourself the opportunity to be elevated by God rather than being humbled by God. Humility is not a attribute that you can just buy at the store and have this false sense of humility. Humility is like a mark uh, from trials and tribulations because you see yourself for who you truly are. I think some people are more naturally humble than others because they have a better view of who God is. I push so hard against authority or other people who say they know what's best for me. I always say, no, you don't. And I go do my own thing. And then I lose a lot of the times. So I would definitely say put (laughs) humble yourself before the Lord and the mighty hand of God Uh, And I know that it will go well with you. And I can definitely say 
that you can take the first step with me because we are literally on the same journey. This isn't a, like, this is day one, what it feels like. I wouldn't have considered day one back home. I think that was my my counseling rehab center getaway to see all these things. And I am kind of terrified stepping up here because I now know, and it's like becoming real. Nothing is going to happen in my life if I don't take that first step. And that first step is tough, but I think the first step is actually owning your reality. And if your reality isn't what you want it to be, you got to take ownership of it and just get on your knees and pray to God. Cause I'm financially in debt. I've never been, I'm not a debt guy, but I have a lot of debt from bad decisions, small decisions made on a daily basis. They're not like, Hey, I'm going to go purchase a car and I ain't got the money. No, just Amazon purchase here, food purchase there, alcohol purchase there. And it's all compounded to where I'm at. Um, and it's, terrifying but i do know that like if i bring that before the lord it's consequences of my actions i have to pay that money back but i know that if i start stewarding what he's given me then i do believe that if i'm honoring him in my attempt in my steps that i give that he will bless me with getting out of it because i'm not trying to live there i want to live a life honoring and pleasing to him so just humble yourself before the lord and take that first step I don't have anything really profound to say. You can go back and listen to everything Martin just said for the last 56 minutes, and that is all the profoundness you'll need. So. <laughs> <laughs>